You can ask our staff. This week I had prepared a different message, uh, but I felt uh, in, in my sleep the Lord spoke to me this, this week and wanted me to kind of break from what we were going to speak about uh, to talk today about we are freed by love, but we're bound by love. And it's the title of this morning's message is Bound by Love. And let's prepare our hearts for the word uh, this morning. Father God, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for the, the message, the offering, God. But we just take this next moment to push everything on pause. God, life and everything that's coming up uh, tomorrow and the things that have happened. And Father, we just focus our minds, we still our hearts, Lord, on your word. God, that it would be a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. God, we open our ears to really see and hear and understand. May your word be applied to our heart, God, that you love us so very much. You love us so very much and how you have broken the chains of our life, God, but yet we are bound together by your love. Amen. Amen. All right, uh, this morning, freed by love, bound by love. Are you really free and in control of your life? Are you really free and in control of your life? And what keeps you today from shame and regret? What delivers you and I from habitual sin? And sometimes, and many of us have been there, we find ourselves that we have been bound by our afflictions and by our actions. Sin has its consequences. So maybe today, maybe you're here in this place, you say, man, I'm really bound by the consequences of my decisions. But what if there was something today that we could talk about that pulled you closer to freedom in Jesus Christ? What if there was something that we could talk about today that would keep you from leaving Jesus? What if there was something today that would keep you walking in peace and unity with others in the church? And what if there was something today that would keep you and pull you away from sin and its consequences? And we're going to talk today that since the fall, all of us have been slaves to sin and death. Since the fall, every single person born under the curse of Adam. We were once born by the Spirit of God, but now we've been born under the fall, born under Adam. And the result has been sin and separation from God, and the consequence is death, eternal separation from God. And so God is going to, I believe the Lord wants to speak today about, there's been this new birth, and what happens in this new birth when we're under the new Adam, under Jesus? We see that we find ourselves, we're born under the fall, but he wants us to be born again today. And Scripture says this, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19, Whatever overcomes a man by that which he is enslaved. Whatever overcomes a man, that's what he's enslaved by. And everyone, Jesus says, everyone who commits a sin is the slave of sin. Basically this, I want us to understand today that we cannot master ourselves. We can't. We can't control ourselves. And we've been born into sin, and it says that we are a slave of sin. But everyone who is born again is born of God. And what we, you, you would either today, excuse me, you would either today be a slave of sin, or you can be a slave of God. Slaves of sin or slaves of God. And thanks be to God, Jesus broke the chains of sin and death, and by His love we walk from freedom. We walk in freedom from the bonds of sin, but we've got to be willing to stay free. Willingly submit to the bonds of His love. Let's talk about the bonds of slavery for a moment. Probably the best story I can think of to talk about slavery is in Judges chapter 16. You can turn there if you want. Keep your hand in Colossians 3. But Judges chapter 16, we talk about Samson. How many people know the story of Samson and Delilah? You heard that when you were little? Uh, maybe, maybe not, depending on where you, where you are. 
We're going to talk about how Samson is in the bond of slavery. And the, bond, the word bond, what do you think bond means? Bond, we think of chains, right? Chains. We've got some chains here. Bond means restraint. But it also can mean obligation or dependence. Because, uh, or it can mean under authority. And so if I'm enchained... I might be restrained, but I'm also under the authority of the one who's put me in chains, right? So they have authority over you. And so you will either, you or I, will either be under the bonds of God or the bonds of sin. That's just the two options that we have. And oftentimes we have this illusion that we're not under the bonds of anything. And in the world today, we don't see these bonds of sin or the bonds of, until it comes later. And we'll get into this for a second today. So we're going to talk about that we've got to understand we cannot master ourselves, but Jesus has broke the chains of sin and death, but now we walk in freedom. But we have to be willing to put on a new master. And so look at me in Judges chapter 16. I'm just going to skim over the story of Samson because he's got a good story about bonds. The story kind of goes like this. We find Samson. He's this wild and free warrior. And he's got this supernatural strength that it comes from this Nazarite vow. It's an obligation to God. It's a bond, if you will, to God. So he's got this Nazarite vow. And the vow really isn't anything uh, except for an inward dedication to God. But it's outwardly symbolized by not cutting his hair and not drinking of the vine and, and all these other things that he wouldn't do. And so Samson gets this supernatural strength. And he comes, and because he's a wild and free kind of guy, even though he has given him his life to God and his life is dedicated to God in his heart, he finds a woman. And this is where it all goes wrong, right? No, <laughs> no he finds a woman. And he, he's, he's, he's the kind of guy that, that likes to live on the line, right? He, he's going to be in God, but he's living on that line. And so he finds this really good-looking woman. Her name is Delilah, and she's a woman of the world. And the Philistine enemy comes and asks Delilah, how can they get Samson overpowered? How can they bind up Samson? How can they tie him up? And so here she comes. She's playing both sides. And three times she asks Samson, how can I bind you up? What would it be if it happened? I don't understand how this guy didn't see it. The bio, I, I believe that sin makes you stupid. You don't even see that people are trying to tie you up. And binds you up. Those things that we're getting our lives into, closer and closer, we get to that line. We don't even notice that we're coming into chains. And so three times, she binds him up. Three times, he lies. Three times, she binds him up. And three times, the enemy tries to take him captive. And then he wakes up, and he breaks off the chains, and he goes, and he takes them on. And finally, the Bible actually say that she relentlessly nagged him. Husbands, I'm not preaching on anything. But she relentlessly nagged him. All right? And it finally says that he was overcome by her nagging, that he finally said, okay, I'm going to tell you. She says, why don't you share your secrets with me, husbands? Why don't you just talk to your wife, right? Why don't you just share your secrets with me? And Samson finally confesses. He says, okay, I'm dedicated to God. That's what he says. He actually says, I'm dedicated to God. And then he tells her the symbol of that dedication is cutting off his hair. And so what does she do? Judges chapter 16, verse 18 Delilah saw that he had told her all that was in his heart. It wasn't about the hair. He had told her his heart. And he had traded his heart in that moment. She sent, she called away to the enemy, said, I'm going to betray him. So she lulled Samson to sleep. She shaved his head. And the Bible actually says she afflicted him. Afflicted. 
In the spiritual sense, she put chains on him, spiritually. Physical chains were nothing. It wasn't about the physical. But spiritually, he traded the vow, the, the bonds with God in his heart, his authority, his dependence, his, his reliance on God under the authority of God. He traded that in his heart for the lust of a woman. And he gave her his heart. And this is really the sin of Samson. This is really the reason. And the Bible says that the enemy came in and they bound him and the Spirit of God departed from him. He traded his heart. The Spirit left. And the enemy came in and bound him with chains. The Bible says they seized him, they gouged out his eyes, and they bound him with chains in the prison. It's not about the outward appearance of the man but it's about the vow and the bond of his heart with God. Samson, it wasn't about his vow with God. It wasn't his outward appearance, but it was his vow with God that gave him strength. And he willingly gave up this bond with God in his heart to be free in his lust and his desires to be free. But his lust betrayed him to the bonds of slavery, and he was held captive and blinded by his own sin. Held captive and blinded by his... I don't know if anyone here has ever been that way before. Held captive and bound by the consequences of your decisions. Gotten too close to the world. Been in the world. And it seems like you were strong for a while. But all of a sudden, you found yourself blind to how you got here. You don't know what happened. But I ended up in this mess. And now I can't get out of it. And there's nothing I can do to shake it. And it feels like God is a million miles away. And I don't know what to do. That's where Samson was. Jeremiah chapter 2 says it in another way, and in our story, I think it's a great parallel. Jeremiah chapter 2, I'm summing it up, just illustrates that God desired to break the chains of slavery for all of His children. He desires, God's a God who desires to break chains. And that Jeremiah says it in this way, he says that He desired to break the chains of slavery for His children, but people in this world said, I will not serve you. They're unwilling to come under the bonds of God's authority. And so our disobedience then comes onto this world. It brings our own punishment. Shame covers the world, and we abandon the Lord. That's the fall. And it says, now, that, now then we are impure, we suffer in our guilt, and in our own illusion of freedom, we continue to run from God and go to the things of this world. Does that sound like people we know? Sounds like maybe your own story. That it was an illusion. It wasn't true freedom, what you thought you were going towards, the things that you thought you were doing. It was just an illusion. It was a mirage. And then finally you end up in chains, suffering in the guilt. And yet we act as we are free. But the Bible says that we're actually enslaved by our own lust. Oh, I'm in control. I can look at that. I can watch those movies. I can talk to him or her. I can wear this or wear that. And it doesn't affect me at all. It's an illusion. It's an illusion. Everything that we do, sometimes we think we're so free that we have so much authority that we can keep ourselves from sin, that we can put up these things, or we can kind of be in that place, or be around these people, or go do this, or go do that. And the Bible says it's all an illusion because what overcomes of man, that's what he's enslaved by. And the Bible says that we were all overcome by sin from birth, and we've all been slaves to sin. And so we're not actually our own masters anymore until you come under a new master. And so, look at the, Jeremiah continues, he talks about that we can't even stop, that we're not in control, and slavery comes, and then who do we call upon in that hour? Who do we call upon? We cry out to God, that, God, I'm blind, I'm sin, where have you gone from me, Father? Why have I gotten to this place? God, I'm weak, I'm, I'm tired of the way I've been living, and we call upon God. 
The Bible actually says that in that moment, many people accuse God of doing wrong and leading us to this point. Ever get mad at God? Forgetting Him, saying, God, why have you done this to me? God, why have you led me here? God, why did these things work out this way? But the Bible says it's we who have gone astray. It's not God. It's us. We've rebelled and we've resulted in the consequences of our sin. And the ultimate consequence is going to be external, eternal imprisonment and the chains of sin and death and a hell where the fire does not end, the worm does not die. That's the consequences for this big picture of a slavery. We are all enslaved by sin until we break that chain. And so, thank God we've been freed by love. And so that's the bleak picture. That's the status of the world today. But we have been freed by love. We are freed by love. Freed by love. Psalms 107, Miss Evelyn read it this morning. Verse 13, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distress. He brought them out of their darkness and the shadow of death. And he broke their bands apart. He broke their bands. He is the liberator. Isaiah prophesied. I'm just going to expound on Isaiah. There would be a Messiah. That he, the Isaiah 9, 4, 40 in chapter 2. Sorry, Isaiah chapter 9 and 4 and chapter 42 and chapter 49 simply says these things, and I paint the picture of this liberator. He would break the yoke of your burden and the staff against your shoulder. Shoulder, He would break the rod of the one who oppressed you. He would, he's a God who desired to bring prisoners out of the dungeon. He would bring out those who dwelt in darkness, and there would be a Messiah who would come on this earth. And he would say this, he says, To those who are bound, go forth. To those who are in darkness, now show yourself. And the Messiah would go and he would take these people and he would bring them upon to himself and he'd say, they will not hunger nor thirst, nor will the scorching heat of this world nor the sun strike them down again. For those, for God who has compassion upon them will lead them and guide them to the springs of water, which we know is the Holy Spirit. That's the type of God we have. He's a God that in the darkest places of your life, when you find, we could go to the bars, we could go to the clubs, we could go to any place, or maybe it's just you alone in the dark. Maybe it's a, a young person, whether you're there with that knife cutting yourself or if it's a gun to your head. It's that dark and dark place. God's light can shine and He can say, show me yourself. Give yourself to me. I'm the God who's going to lead you out and give you the water that doesn't run dry. I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit, satisfy you. I'm going to break the bands apart. I'm going to give you a name. I'm going to give you identity. And I'm going to pull you out of that pit that was going to lead you to hell and destruction. I'm the God. That's, what he, that's the kind of God he is. That's a good God. A redeeming God, a liberating God. And Jesus would come on this world and he would say in Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because... Why? He's anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim the release of the captives, recovery of the sight to the blind. Think of Samson. To set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year. Lord, it is good news that God has caused us to not only be free, but now we can see who He is, what He's like, what He's willing to do for us, and His character is good. And that's, that is the message. That's what we're here to do today, church. That's why when you go from this place, when you go home, that's the message you should take to your friends, your neighbors, your family. You may not understand. You can go to them and say, you don't understand perhaps why you are where you are. But there is a God who can bring revelation, who can help you see there's a chains that have been on you that you don't understand. They don't see the chains until it's too late until they got into that place. But Jesus comes along and He comes to a few people. I'll give you some examples today. For one example, Jesus came 
in Mark chapter 5 to a man bound by a legion of demons. The man was a lunatic. He was bound not only by his demons in his mind making him go crazy, but the world in the same sense gave him over to his demons, and the world then put chains on him as well. So he was changed spiritually by the devil and his demons and his legion. And then also the world began to put chains on him. No doubt, who knows what this man was doing before. No doubt he'd been around the block a few times. No doubt he had given himself over and played so close to that line like Samson. Who maybe, I don't know what his Delilah was. What is it, drugs, alcohol, or envy, or greed, or anger, unforgiveness. But he had given himself over to those things. And those chains began to pile on. And the demons then tormented him day and night. The Bible actually says that he was a lunatic in his mind. And young people, listen to this, that he was cutting himself. The Bible says that he was compelled to cut himself. That's demonic. That's where it comes from. It's the chains of the things of this world compiling on him to say that if, there's, if you would just release some of the pain, this is the only way you can get a release from these chains, just cut yourself. And the Bible says that he would scream out terrors. No doubt he was crying out to God in the tombs. The Bible says that he was drawn to the tombs, a place of death, of loneliness, of isolation. But when he saw Jesus, Jesus comes out, he gets on the boat, and even the demons immediately recognize who Jesus is. He's the liberator. The demons themselves fall at their feet, and they cry out, Son of the Most High God. They know Him. They submit to Him. They come under His authority. And when Jesus said, Come out, the chains came off. And in that moment, that man was liberated in his right mind, giving glory to God. And his desire was to serve Jesus and to come with him. But Jesus said, no, go tell what God has done for you. He's liberated you. He's broken the chains that bind you. He's freed you. Amen? Another, late, another time, Jesus comes to a woman in uh, uh, Luke chapter 13. And Jesus finds this woman. She's crippled. Bound, the Bible says, by an evil spirit, doubled over for 18 years. She's not actually physically unable to stand straight. And the Bible says that she was bound, uses the word bound, bound by an evil spirit, bound by the result of sin, because she was under anybody, not under Jesus, is under the devil's curse. You understand? It's under sin's curse. And he was, she was bound, but Jesus saw and had compassion on her and had love for her. And he prayed for her release, and he commanded her in the name of Jesus to be released. That woman's bonds broke. Her bonds broke. He released her from her bond, Luke 13, 16. Here's a man, our liberator, our bind, our bound, our one who breaks the, uh, the chains that bind us. Political religious leaders of this world and their so-called authority, what did they do to our Jesus? They bound him. The Bible says, and they led him away to be crucified. They killed him. And then he was bound in linen wrappings and placed in a tomb. Guess what? Even the, the bonds of death couldn't hold our Jesus. I don't care how much change they put on him or how much things they wrapped him when he was dead. He broke those things. The Bible says that he conquered the, sin, the, conquered the chains of sin and death. And now we can say with Isaiah and understand that Isaiah 25 verse 8 had already prophesied. He will swallow up death for all time. And the Lord will wipe the tears from our faces. And he will remove the reproach of his people from all the earth. Jesus broke the chains of sin, death, in hell. Somebody say hallelujah today. Hallelujah. Man, the Son of God became flesh and blood so he might die and break the power of the devil. 
Today, you and I are free today from the eternal consequences of sin and death. You are free today from the consequences, the eternal separation from God. You are free today from hell. You are free today from the accuser who Jesus has silenced the accuser, shut Satan up, and says, you can't lie about my people anymore. You can't try to find fault with my people. You can't bring up in their past. You have to be shut up. And Jesus shut up the devil. He broke his authority and took back the keys of of sin and hell and death. And the Bible says not only that, but you are free from trying to earn your way into heaven. You are free from religious works. That's one kind of authority that we try to put on ourselves and think, well, this is going to save me. This authority, this power, if I just stay under this master, that'll do it. But Jesus says, no, I've saved you by grace through faith. Now serve me because you love me. Free today. You are freed by the love of Jesus Christ. You are freed by the love of God. But if you're freed by love, then what? This is where we find ourselves a lot of times that, okay, you're free, but what are you free to do? And what are you free from? And how do you stay free? You've got to be bound by love. Now you're free, so how do you walk in it? You've got to remember that just like the garden, this is the key point. Just like the garden, you and I can never be masters of ourselves. This is the word I believe the Lord wants us to understand today. Because what happens is we get free, and we still think that we're in control. You see, because we're, oh God, you broke the chains, you broke the chains that bind us, we're free, hallelujah, glory to Jesus. But you know what? I can't handle freedom. And be honest with you, I can't handle freedom. My flesh is still here. Till I get my resurrected body, I still struggle with carnal nature, with pride, with arrogance, with lust, with all these things that my flesh so willingly desires. So I can't control this flesh. It's sin-filled. It's, it's born into sin. And so my nature, my carnal nature, still needs a master. It still needs to come under the authority of someone else. And so and t- if I am free... I'm free from the sin and death and the consequences of hell. I'm free from the lies of the devil and the shame and regret. I'm free from religion and trying to earn my way into heaven. But I also have to submit to the bonds of His love. Submitting, and I'm going to explain what this means today. So you're in Colossians chapter 3. We have to understand that sin's desire, the Bible says that sin crouches at our door and its desire is to master us. So if you are free today in Jesus Christ, sin is waiting for you outside your door every morning, perhaps even through your television set, even through your computer. It is waiting for you. And then the Bible says it's crouching there, waiting to see if you're leaving the bonds of your master because it's wanting to enslave you. Sin desires to slave all of us. And so I can, we can come to Christians and we can say, I can watch what I want, I can wear what I want, I can go to church when I want, and I can still follow Jesus. And we rejoice in that, that I'm not under the slavery of what I used to be, and I'm free. But Paul says it was for freedom that Christ set you free, but don't keep, but therefore keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. You might be free from the bonds of Satan, but you need the bonds of a good master. And remember, bonds can mean obligation or dependence on the authority. Bonds can mean restraints, but it can also mean dependence upon the authority of another. And so I need to depend depend on the authority of Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 3. All right, finally I'm catching up with where you are. Colossians 3.12. Paul says this, he says, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on. Everybody say, put on. Put on a heart of compassion, 
kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, here we are again, put on. Everybody say put on. Put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, to which indeed you are called into one body, and be thankful. Thankful. We can rejoice in putting off the bonds of guilt and shame, but are we willing to put on the bonds of love? We can be willing and rejoice to put off the bonds of guilt and shame, but are you willing and am I willing to put on the bonds of love, to submit to the heart of my new master, to be like Samson and to say, God, I need my vow to you to be built through my heart based on your love. I'm going to submit to you. My life is given to you. And Paul is saying, put on the bond of unity, which is love. The bond of love. We may have been liberated from the authority of the devil, but are we submitted to the authority of God? Are we dependent upon the authority of God? And we can put the wrong things off, but have we learned to put the right things on? I think that's the key for today. Have you learned to put the wrong things off, and have you learned to put the right things back on? The Bible says it in certain ways with Jesus. He says we can cast a devil or seven or a devil out of one person, but then he'll find seven of his brothers and come back and fill that void because you have to learn to put on the heart of Jesus Christ. Be filled with the Spirit of God. It's not enough just to be saved because then you're going to find yourself uh, captive again unless through salvation you get a bigger picture of the grace and the love of God and you say, God, I thank you. My life is now in worship to you. I now serve you, right? Service. And so, are you bound by love? And look at these, what these, you have to really think for a moment. Look at these words that Paul purposefully chooses in these verses. Have you put on, here's a question for you and I today. Have you put on deep compassion? Have you purposefully submitted yourself to deep compassion? This is getting the real here for a second. Have you purposefully submitted yourself to kindness, even when you don't like to? Have you purposefully come under the authority of kindness? Have you come under the authority of humility, which is having a proper image of yourself? Have you brought yourself under the control of God in meekness or humility? Have you brought your temper under the authority of God? Mm. Have you come under patience and patiently bearing with one another? Are you willing to endure grief, to refuse to retaliate, and to forgive? Have you ultimately come to the authority of love? And what is love? I say it all the time. Love is a sacrifice for the benefit of somebody else. It is a willingness to die in my own wants, my own desires that would bless someone else. Am I willing to submit my wants, my desires, my dreams, my passions, my my needs for the benefit of someone else? Am I willing to go that far in my Christianity? Because if I don't, where am I going to find myself? I'm trying to live in the illusion of Christianity. I'll think that it's this thing where I can come to Jesus and still be and do what I want, feel and think and act and say what I want to say. But in all reality, I have to leave one master to come to another because I can't control myself. 
I can't control myself. And so Paul says, be bound by love, be ruled by peace. It's as if peace is this umpire. And he says in Ephesians, be willing and diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. When, when you obey the will of God, you'll have His peace. But when you step out of the will of God, you'll quickly lose His peace. But you know, one of the things is, is I'm in God's will, so I have peace. And if I'm out of God's will, I don't have peace. And Paul says that's kind of the check. Are you under God's authority? Are you under His love? Do you have His peace? Well, here's another side to that is that sometimes because I want to go out of God's will, I have peace about it because my flesh desires it. And so Paul says it in a different way. There's a check here that sin often creates disunity in your personal life, but also in God's church, and it begins to break the bonds of love. And so if I find that there's things in my life that I'm not getting in harmony with my wife, I'm not getting in harmony with my pastor or the people in my church, I get annoyed by these people, then I'm probably testing those lines somewhere and trying to live in authority of those areas of my own life. I wanting to not, I want to be angry when I want to be angry. I want to have doubts when I want to have doubts. I want to believe when I want to believe. And I want to do what I want to do and say what I want to say. And that thing becomes to cause disunity. And those bonds of love and peace begin to break. And Jesus and Paul says that that's the test. That's the check. Is, is the peace of God like an umpire crying out foul? Wow. You're going for yourself right now. You're really submitting to your own authority and not to God's authority. Maybe God is saying you need to crucify that passion and lust. Maybe you need to come under the bonds of God's love and be bound by his love. And I'm going to give you an illustration today. I need a few people. I'm going to get you four. One, two, three, four. And then Joe, come here. All right. Here are your illustration. Ha <laughs> ha. No. <laughs> All right. Joe, uh, y'all stand right here. Come over here. You, you, four of y'all, Joe, right here, and then y'all four line up behind him. All right, put that around you there for a second. Make a belt. Okay. All right, now y'all hold on to that in a line. Give that down the line that way, and stand on this side so y'all can, y'all's pretty faces can see all these beautiful people. Amen. All right, got it? Cool. Best way I know how to illustrate the Joe, you're going to be Jesus for a little bit. Don't, don't let it go to your head. That's right. All right, look, turn and look at these people. Okay. This is kind of the idea that God kind of gave me when I'm sleeping, all right? So bear with me, all right? Uh, okay, let's say that Joe is, is, is uh, demonstrating about Jesus, all right? And these guys are believers, and they are bound by love. Hold this real tight. All right, come on, come on, come on. All right, all right, put your hand out. Ready, ready? Okay, hold it. Got it. All right, good. They're bound by love to God. He has broken off the chains of sin and death, and now they're willingly holding on to the bonds of love. Right? And so Joe is going to lead Joe, okay? Y'all keep your eyes on Joe. Don't pay attention to them. They won't bite. All right. Joe, I want you to lead them around and up here. Go, go that way and then come down to the other side. All right. Now look how that works. They are bound together, staying in unity, staying in sync because Jesus, his love, is pulling them and directing them on where to go. So they just trust in the unity they have with one another. Now, if, if he goes and starts bumping into her when they know they're not in unity, or if, or if maybe there's something that's pulling him away, and so hold on to that chain, right? Don't, don't let go. But if there's something pulling away, see the bonds of love for his church and for Jesus keep him connected, right? There's nothing that can separate us from the bonds of love. We're willingly holding on to it. But what happens here? When a Christian 
in, his, in our illusion, thinks that we're independent, that I don't have to be in unity and love with one another, and I don't, I don't, I don't have to submit my heart and different things to the authority of Jesus. I'm going to be the independent Christian. And so what happens here is that when we're independent from God, oftentimes we find ourselves just like Samson, coming under the bonds of another master. Because I'm not under the bonds of Jesus. I'm out here on my own, and I want to be with Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for you know, doing that. But I'm coming under another master because I'm out here not connected. Here's the other thing that happens. All right, Joe, lead them back and go back the same way you did. I'm a Christian... And I want to follow Jesus, but here's what I, I'm, I'm trying to follow Jesus. And I'm going to do it in my own way, how I want to do it. So I'm going to be like, all right, Jesus, I'm following you. Uh, where are we going? You know, and then I'm kind of doing this when I want to do it, but maybe I want to go this way. And so I find myself, you know, getting in the way. There's disunity, there's disharmony in his church. And the more I'm out here on my own, I'm not with my brothers and sisters anymore. I'm finding myself in, in chains by another master. And this is the illustration I believe God wants us to understand today. That when we are freed and liberated from the bonds of sin and death, I need to be a part of the family of God. I need to follow and be bound to Jesus, not letting go because I love Him so very much. I want to be attached to Him. And then also, if I find myself getting in disunity with one another, perhaps there's areas in my life that I haven't given over authority, that I'm not bound to love these people, right? I'm thinking of myself. How can I follow Jesus? I'm not thinking how we can follow Jesus? Where are we going together? How, how is there an order in God's church that he is called with these gifts and Kevin's called with these gifts and she's called with her gifts and, he's, and where is my place in the body of Christ? You see, we think so much for ourselves. But God is calling us to say, yes, I freed you from the bonds of sin and death, but are you bound by the love that I have for you? Your love for me and your love for the church. His people. Thank you, guys. Bless you. Give you guys a hand. Amen. Bound by love. Bound by love. There is no such thing as an independent Christian. There's no such thing as an independent Christian. We are freed, but we are bound together by God's love. This isn't a, a thing where it's all about you. It's all about us. It's all about Him. We are bound together. And we're here to follow Him and submit to His authority. And one of the tests, one of the tests of that is, is there peace in your heart and are you at peace with other people? Are you at peace with Jesus? Are you trying to follow Him? Are you dependent on the love of Christ and the love for His church? If you don't love His church, you're really going to get in the way of what he's trying to lead his church to do. You're not a part of his church if you don't love his church. That's the point. You can't do it on your own. And oftentimes if you're out there by yourself, you've got no one to keep pulling at you or that you're not pulling anybody else and we're not bound together. You're going to find yourself, just like Samson, getting closer and closer to the edge and find yourself in chains under another master. Bound by love. Paul talked about having willing chains for the gospel. Psalms 116, he agreed with, Lord, surely I'm your servant. I'm your servant, the son of your handmaiden, because you have loosed my bonds. You see, when my, the natural response 
to a person who's been liberated by Jesus Christ is to serve him. Says, God, you've loosed my bonds. I'm your servant. I choose to serve you. And so Paul says that he was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He says that he was bound by the Holy Spirit. He couldn't help but to do God's will from that obedient heart. You and I were once obedient to sin, but now are we obedient to the will of God? Do you find freedom again, only to again return to slavery? And how do you stay free today? Romans chapter 6 perhaps will help you out if that is your heart's cry. Say, God, I can't stop getting into trouble. Paul says it in this in verse 17 of Romans 6, Thanks be to God that you were slaves of sin, but now you have become obedient from the heart that for, to that form of teaching which you were committed. And now you have been freed from sin. You have become slaves of righteousness. He says in another way in 7.6, we died to what we were bound, but now we serve in the newness of the Holy Spirit. And you think of it this way. In Judges chapter 15, Samson, the Bible says that because of his vow in his heart, his bond with God, where he had given his heart to God, it says that when the chains of this world were put upon him, that they melted off like wax, and the Spirit of God came over him, and he would take on a thousand of the enemy. When you and I submit our heart, it's not about submitting to a legalism. And let me be clear, clear with this, because one of the things that we think about is that, okay, I'm going to, uh, where's my chains? I'm going to be free of God. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for for, for uh, saving me, and okay, but now I need to make sure I'm, uh, say it's alcohol that I struggle with, God, okay, now I'm not going to do this, all right, God, now I'm going to watch this and not do that, and I'm going to begin to put all these rules in my life and all these, these rituals and legalistic things in my life and keep me from sin. Well, religion is another master. It's another master, and when it's gone, then I'm free and I find myself entrapped again. Because it's not really changing the condition of my heart. And so what Paul is saying, it's, it's not a change that bound us in the sense that we are thinking that, oh, God's just making me. I don't, I'm going to be one of those low down, cast your cares on Jesus, cry, weep, and oh, Lord Jesus, come quickly, and sorrowful Christians. No, it's a willingly, I'm bound to him. I'm choosing to attach myself to Jesus. And it's because I've crucified my heart. I've given my heart to God, and that's what was Samson's deal. It was about the heart. And when he gave his heart to the bonds of God, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he could take on a thousand of what Satan had sent against him. And that's maybe where, 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 where God is calling us today. That's where God's calling us today, that if we would give our heart to the bonds of love, to love God, Love people. Be in unity. Be in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon us and we will stop thousands of Satan's arrows, the temptations that come against you, what the enemy meant for good when sin is crouching at your door and it feels like something has come upon you and you feel depressed, you feel discouraged. Then that Holy Spirit comes upon you and you can break those bonds and take back what the enemy has meant for evil for you and God will give you victory by the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you dependent upon the authority of love? Worship team, would you come back? Are you dependent upon the authority of love today? Have you put on deep compassion, kindness, humility, meekness? Are you willing to hold back your temper? 
Are you willing to endure grief, to forgive, to sacrifice your flesh for the benefit of somebody else? The Spirit of God can come upon you so mightily that what the world means for evil, the temptations, the things the devil means to enslare you, will just melt off. Hosea chapter 11 verse 4 says that God leads His people with bonds of love. That's what led us out of slavery under the devil's curse. He pulled you out with His bonds of love. He freed you and cast all those chains off, but then He pulled you out that rope, that bond of love. And see, you got to hold on to that, church. I willingly hold on to that bond of love because I love Jesus Christ and what He's done for me. It's a heart response. I willingly stay in line with my brothers and sisters and choose to forgive them and choose to look past their sins. I I choose to, to honor them and serve them and follow in line with them because He loved me and I love them and we love one another and we're here together serving and following Jesus and we have to stay together to know where He's going. So would you heads bowed, eye closed. Are you dependent upon the authority of love? I believe this is a word for several in this church today. I don't know what you're going through, but there's a love test to determine whether or not you are trying to do this Christianity on your own. When's the last time you questioned whether or not things that you thought, the way you believe, the way you talk, the way you act, is it submitted to the authority of God? Or are you just living because you think that's the way you should live? Are you thinking those things because you feel like that's the way you think you should think? But everything I do, everything I say, everything I think has to be submitted to the authority of God's love. I'm dependent upon the authority because I can't be free on my own. I need a good shepherd. I need a good king. Perhaps today you say, Pastor Heath, I've been following the illusion that I was in control of my own life I know I'm not free from the bonds of slavery today, of sin, of death. I've been blaming God, perhaps, for things that have been going on in my life. been living in some guilt and some shame. And if I died today, I don't think God is my master.